Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help top performers find their authentic selves in order to come from a confident decision-making place. As a fellow seeker, I have found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Hello there and welcome back to Liberate Your Soul. I am super excited to come to you today and talk to you about overcoming your past. There's many times that we can feel stuck in ruts or stuck in patterns. History has a way of repeating itself. And humans tend to learn through the art of storytelling in ancient Native American cultures, they didn't even write anything down. There used to be those beautiful cave paintings that you might remember from elementary school, but really the art of storytelling is how people used to learn the cultural um, lessons of the time and how they used to learn about powerful transformations and how to really be in the world. And so really through this podcast even, I hope to teach you through my own stories how to liberate yourself from your own past, maybe your family of origin uh, issues, maybe there's traumas there, and maybe maybe there's a certain amount of survivor's guilt that comes with um, leveling up from certain situations in your life, whether that's from a young adult perspective or even an adult perspective if you've escaped a situation that was less than healthy. I want to approach today's episode from my own stories and my own lessons that I've learned and really let you know that Once something is healed, it doesn't necessarily mean that it always goes away forever because like we just said, history has a way of repeating itself um, just to make sure that you get that lesson. And I also want to share with you some of the universal laws, if you will, or the divine laws of the universe and things that we can really understand and see that are everywhere. They perpetuate themselves and they're they're transparent in uh, our lives, in our human bodies, our emotions, in our logical minds, and throughout nature. They're beautiful laws. They're beautiful things that are not necessarily um, like Newtonian laws, like Newton's law, like gravity, but they're just as um, conformative. They're just as like there are requisites. There are things that like the law of, of 
rhythms, right? There's there, everything vibrates and moves to rhythms. There's seasons and cycles and stages. There's developmental patterns. When we're growing up, for instance, we have different phases of understanding life. When we're growing and we're forming our minds, we understand um, from ages zero to one and a half, we're just taking in information, we're getting our nurturance from our caregivers, hopefully it's good nurturance, we're getting our nutrients from our food, whether that's breast milk or formula or baby food, we're just getting in information and we're formulating beliefs, we're formulating uh, new thought patterns, and we're just developing, right? That's a season of our life. Then from ages one and a half to three, we're really uh, able to start seeing better. Our eyes become more strong. We're able to see beyond the immediate in front of us and experience things. We go through those terrible twos. If you have children of your own, you know what I'm talking about. And if you have siblings, you learn to share. Or if you have playdates, you learn how not to share. And then as you go through up until age eight, you start to understand that um, there's other people out there and they have their own desires and feelings as well. And it's a very abstract concept for young people. But then going up into age 11, you start to understand cognitive thinking and problem solving as you get into mathematics and spelling and grammar and all that kind of stuff. So all of these things as your brain is formulating and developing you start to really figure things out and you're having these experiences with other people, whether they're children on the playground or kids walking down the street or if you go out to eat or it's just people in your neighborhood or your immediate family inside of your household, however that happens. If you're listening to this and you're over the age of 17, you've had these experiences, you've formulated your beliefs, you've had emotions and thoughts that uh, back that up and, and that's kind of who you are. Oftentimes when we have our family of origin, if it's less than perfect, which I think almost everyone can say, (laughs) almost everyone can say, gosh, you know, in my house, we had crazy uncle Bob or, uh, aunt, aunt Tilly. She really liked to drink. And sometimes she was inappropriately, you know, pinching our cheeks and it really hurt. Or maybe there was even more inappropriate behavior that was never spoken about because it was a scandal, or maybe there was abuse or neglect. When you get out of your house and you go into the real world and you meet other people, they don't talk about their things openly and freely and you don't talk about your things as openly and freely unless you're with some close friends that you've made and you're discussing them and you realize, gosh, not everyone's family is exactly the same as mine, but they have their own little secrets, their own little titillating Um, scandals and things that they're not proud of. If you embark on a healing process or you wish to uh, get better, and you know the saying goes, get better or get bitter. 
So you, you choose to get better and you're starting to learn more things about what it's like to really uh, love others as you would want to be loved or as they would want to be loved for the best and highest good. And you you really want to do the right things and you're you're not necessarily wanting to imitate, you're not wanting to imitate or mimic uh, some of the behaviors that you saw in your growing up years, your formative years, and it feels a little different to you. But another one of the divine laws is the perpetual transmutation of energy. And that is all persons have the power to change their conditions of their lives to higher vibrationals it means that they can apply the principles of these laws so that they can transform the lower feelings into higher feelings so that they can affect their immediate conditions. They don't have to stay stuck. So you can choose not to react in the ways that your family of origin did, but you can react in the ways that you've learned on your own. You can transmute the negative energy into positive energy and you have that power of free will and those choices to be more positive, to be more loving, and to be all the things that you wished that you had received when you were younger. So remember those seasons and those cycles and those stages, those developmental patterns, you can choose to move to a different season, a different stage in your life, and you can kind of scale the ladder, you can move up, you can ascend in your consciousness so that you can get to a better uh, state of energy and be in a better uh, presence for the people in your life. Now, I know that it can seem like Oh gosh, no brainer. Of course, I'm. If I grew up getting yelled at, I don't want to yell at people, and I don't want to continue to be yelled at. But your subconscious mind, when triggered by certain things that are stressful, that may cause you to be in um, a state of overstimulation or uh, even understimulation, you might be frustrated or unsure you might naturally have what we call a fallback position and that's like, okay, don't know what to do. I'm just going to yell because that's what my family of origin did. That's what happened from ages zero to eight. So that's what I'm going to do. Instead, willing the conscious mind to say, wait a minute, I need more information. I can choose to um, balance my energy a little bit better to go into a more of a yin position and relax my energies and choose to go into a rhythm a cycle that's a little bit higher vibration. But what might happen is if you go a little bit higher than you're comfortable, you might start feeling guilty. You might start feeling a little bit of shamefulness, like who am I? to be doing things differently when my family's still stuck back in these old patterns, when my family's still uh, back in this energy of um, how they've always done things, right? You might say, oh gosh, I feel so uppity because I'm, I'm no longer doing this or I haven't even thought about doing this in ages. It's important to 
give yourself a little bit of space for that because if you give in to, well, I I guess I am no better because that's just how it is. Uh, this is where my kin is from. This is where my people are. This is where we were. And and they just, that's how they deal with their problems. So that's how I'm supposed to deal with my problems. We're all here for a reason on this planet. And it's not always made evident to us until we reach a certain point And we can look back and we can say, gosh, I've really come a long ways. For me, one of the stories that I want to share with you is about survivor's guilt. See, survivor's guilt came up for me back in the recession time. It was about 2008, late 2008 in the fall, when the markets burst and uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and all of those big banks were being bailed out by Wall Street loans and all of the... Uh, The Fed had made all sorts of concessions for them. And I was working for a very large Fortune 500 company who was using the situation to uh, sort of clean house. They were trying to save the company from being in, in a bad financial way, which there's nothing wrong with that. But they ended up laying off a lot of people from the company and moving management around, shifting, oh gosh, shifting leadership. They just really did different things. There were 12 people in my department at the um, main headquarters, and there ended up being only three left. And I was one of the remaining three. And I felt so terrible that day as one by one, Human resources came and spoke to people individually and privately, and they were crying and packing up their things, and we couldn't even hug them or speak to them or anything. We weren't allowed to go near them. It was like they were like criminals or something. They were being escorted off by the HR people, and it was just a horrible day. I felt just awful, and in the weeks that followed, we three survivors of the big round of layoffs of the recession, we just would sit there stunned, like, what do we do now? And we would, you know, we had the gals and guys' phone numbers, and we would chat with them after hours and just express our condolences to the people who would answer the phone. But they oftentimes didn't because they were angry, they were bitter, they were hurt. And we represented to them Um, a multitude of things, I'm sure. I mean, I couldn't possibly imagine being inside of their heads, but I'm sure we represented like the enemy, right? We were on the other side of that coin of fortune. Um, But in hindsight, it wasn't all that great. We, We were, it was almost a punishment to have to stay. But I digress. Looking back at the pattern and at the rhythm of life, I'm reminded of 11 years prior to that when I had another round of survivor's guilt. And this was when I first sought out counseling and outside help. And it's when I made a big girl decision to leave my home state of California and move to Nevada. 
it was such a challenging decision because I was leaving everything I had ever known, all of my family, and going towards something bigger that represented opportunity and freedom. At the time, I was under a lot of pressure because my family of origin, see, they weren't exactly (laughs) the most functional family. There was gossiping and frustration and um, we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) It was just really not that nice. And I was having such migraine headaches and I had already moved out of the house and was on my own. I was working and had been working since I was 14 and a half with a worker's permit. But it wasn't enough to be 15 miles away. It just wasn't far enough. I was still having headaches every day and stressful sleep and worried hours of all the time. And I decided that I wanted to move 680 miles away, (laughs) thinking that would help. But I was so plagued with survivor's guilt. I was so worried about my little sister and what she was enduring. And so I saw a counselor, and I remember this woman, and she was so clinical. And she said, well, you don't need to be worrying about them. They're not your responsibility. These people, this is their life. You need to live your life. You are a 19-year-old woman who has made choices. And I remember feeling so guilty for those choices. I remember still having the headaches because I was just in incongruence with what my heart felt, what my soul felt, and what my brain was being told about you should live your life but then psychologically I'm thinking I have this obligation to take care of everyone. What I've realized in the years since is that you cannot live your life for someone else. You cannot feel happiness for someone else. You cannot feel sadness for anyone they are going to feel whatever emotions they want to feel. No matter how sick someone is, you cannot get sick for them and make them well again. No matter how poor someone is, you cannot live in poverty and make them rich. No matter what I was doing at that age, if I was living my life or feeling awful, it wouldn't help my family. And that guilt that I was feeling was strictly mine alone. And the counselor, even though she was very skillful at her work and very able to detach her emotions from her ability to um, treat her clients, I, I wasn't so skillful in detaching my emotions, right? I was still stuck in that rhythm and that pattern and that cycle and that season of childhood, And it showed up again 11 years later when other people were laid off from their jobs. I went through some serious thought work at that time of employment. And I remember my family speaking to me and saying, you deserve to keep your job. You have worked so hard for this company. 
you have put in more hours, you have taken on more projects, you have done more for them than any of those people. Those people would call in sick. Those people would do these things. Those people would, you know, let go of their obligations in a heartbeat, whereas you really took these things as personally your obligation. And I quickly realized and recognized that that was the case, that I did truly, you know, give it my all. And I'm not saying that these other people didn't give it their all. It's just that my own personal all was enough for the company to recognize and keep me on because they realized that I was putting their company priorities above my own personal priorities, that I... I was still putting something else in front of me. It wasn't necessarily healthy. It wasn't necessarily the right thing. And it kept going until another, gosh, nine years when I finally started putting myself first. And even though my work productivity didn't slip, my happiness factor went up and I recognized how unhealthy the dynamic was at that job. I had a new boss who was extremely toxic. When I was interviewing for new positions, I realized that was violating some of the policies and was intimidated because they knew I would figure it out. I was so glad to get out of there. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a blessing in disguise for these people who got to move on with their their careers and get new opportunities and meet new people. And there I was. I'm not saying there weren't good years. I'm not saying that there weren't good years with my family. I still love them so much. I just love them from afar now. My rhythm, my cycles, my seasons, my stages of life, they're just different now. What happens in our life when we are in these patterns and when we recognize them and we are able to overcome them is that they'll come up in little ways and they'll sneak back in and we'll see them again, but we're able to recognize them so much more quickly when they happen again. And for me, I had a history of giving away the best parts of myself and not recognizing them. I had a way of giving away my personal power and blurring the boundaries of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And most recently, in my own entrepreneurial journey, (laughs) I accidentally slipped up and gave away a little too much. But my course corrected itself within less than a year. It didn't take 11 years this time. It didn't take nine years. And it certainly didn't take 19. Having a little grace with yourself Letting yourself off the hook, getting rid of the guilt, letting go of the shame and saying, you know what, I am just simply human and I can recognize when these patterns come up, whether it's relationships that I allow to uh, allow myself to be taken advantage of or I give too much, I'm too people pleasing You know, that used to come up for me so frequently in my early 20s. And I quickly realized, you know what? I'm not happy. Everybody's happy in this situation except me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I didn't want to live a life of that. I wanted to get something out of my life too, right? My mom drilled that into my head so much. Like, you only get one go around, Kelly. You gotta be happy with it. But recognizing that you have a right to live your own life. You have a right to get something out of it here. You're not just going and, you know, another divine law of sowing and reaping. You're not just sowing in a field so that other people can reap from your harvest. You get to harvest what you're sowing. So when you plant those seeds of hope and love and faith and trust and goodness and all of those beautiful things, you get to also pull from that same bounty. And then you get to decide where you distribute it. You get to spread it around this world. You fill yourself up with all of those things first, and then your cup runs over. If you're giving from at the top until it goes down and down and down and your your well is empty, you're going to be so tired and, and feeling so depressed. That's where those feelings of depression come from, of not enoughness, of not being able to give yourself anything because you feel obligated to give everything out. That cause and effect, it, it's just causing you to... Um, feel without. There's nothing that happens in this world by chance. Everything happens for a purpose, whether that purpose is to help you to grow and move up in your patterns of life, in your rhythms, in your seasons, in your cycles, whether it's to open your eyes and see things, or whether it's to impact and affect other people's lives so that they can recognize things and live a more fulfilling and fulfilled life. Whether it's to um, really achieve that divine oneness that we're all in this together and nobody gets out alive, right? We've talked about eternity mindset, so I hope that doesn't scare you. But we will shed our mortal coil. We will be immortal. We will have an eternal soul having a spiritual experience. Or whether it's just to have fun and enjoy this experience that we're having. You get to make these choices. You get to overcome all of the limitations of your past experiences that were less than stellar and you get to make new decisions every single day. You're not a slave to some mistakes that you may or may not have made. You're not a slave to someone else's decision that has impacted you. You know, it's a funny little thing. Don't let five minutes ruin your next 24 hours. If you have an experience that maybe it shook you up or it got you all ruffled and maybe it brought you down or upset you. Maybe it's something that's part of one of those patterns that's maybe a little bit less than positive, a little bit less than what you would expect out of the best day of your life. Don't let it completely throw you off course. Don't let it put you in a tailspin or negative cycle. You can just simply say, goodness, thank you for pointing me into where I don't want to go. Thank you for showing me that I have the ability to transmute that negativity into positivity. I can see how not to behave. 
I have the power to change my conditions and I choose not to give in to those conditions. I can live my life at a higher vibration. I can transform those lower um, negative ways of being or ways of thinking or ways of perspecting on the world and I can choose to see it as a lesson or as a really a treasure trove of maybe how some people are so that I can help them. I hope that you found this enlightening in some way, maybe given you a little bit of hope and help you identify that there could be some patterns going on in your life. I know for me, it's more than just survivor's guilt. It's more than just Um, feeling bad about moving up in the life, right? Moving up in our, um, not just status, but in our way of thinking. There's other things that come alongside of that. There's certainly, um, I think guilt is probably the number one thing that has come up for me in the past, but there's there's been other things that we can talk about one-on-one if you're interested. you can send me an email at info at quantum highways, or you can reach out to me at www.quantumhighways.com. You can sign up for a free consultation. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.